Coffee Talk includes real talk that may not vibe with some listener preferences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, glad you could join us on Coffee Talk. I'm Jesse, And I'm Kat. We're two friends that could not be more different. Besides our love for multiple beverages and melodramatic TV shows. We drink coffee. Talk about coffee. Catch up with you all. And have a real good coffee talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee Talk. Uh, we're so glad that you're here to join us today. This is a very exciting podcast because we're talking about a topic super relevant to both of our lives right now. We're going to give you the dirty dish. <laughs> the dirty dish. Dirty dish. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and... Before we get started, as usual, I want to give some business updates. So this episode, what we kind of talked about last episode, how we are now recording video as well when we record the podcast, that video as well as the unedited audio, which usually contains a lot more swearing, but also funny stories and mess ups will be available to our Patreon subscribers. As a little plug, Patreon is a monthly donation service that we have, and the lowest level to be a subscriber to our Patreon is only $1 a month. And so even if you only pay the low, low price of $1 a month, (laughs) you will be able to see our video of the two of us recording as well as the unedited audio and i if i do say so myself it's it's pretty hilarious so you should 100% take advantage of that <laughs> yeah so there's that update the little plug with patreon and in order to subscribe to patreon that's just on our website literally just go to our website and um is it the support us page right at the top, there's like a little tab that clicks. There's literally support. a subscribe button on our website on every single page. Okay, so it so should be easy enough to find. You can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And just as a reminder, our website is coffeetalkpod.com. Yeah. Yeah, we have our own domain, people. We're mm-hmm. professionals. All right. Yeah, because I paid for it out of my pocket. We love that. She owes and me hundreds, people. She owes me hundreds. Uh, yeah, we're not talking about that. Anyways, Valentine, <laughs> okay. Valentine's Day merch is dead because love is dead because it's now March, aka the one year anniversary of the pandemic. I your negativity, I don't know. It like scratched some itch for me. Like, <laughs> That was really satisfying hearing you, of all people, say love is dead. I was like, yes, yes, it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anyways, so the, the merch is dead now. It's no longer on the website. You missed your opportunity if you wanted it. Sorry, maybe next year. But on the upside, a few new merch items are going to be added to the general selection. I don't think this will really be themed. I keep trying to talk Jesse into doing a spring theme you know like flowers and i don't know i really love tulips so maybe you could do something with with tulips on like a coffee mug okay i'll i'll see what i can do okay anyway so it probably most likely will not have tulips on a coffee mug but some new merch items will be added soon 
All right, Jesse, what are you drinking for this episode? The same old. I since you were running late, I thought about making some like steamed sweet milk to put in my coffee, but I I was afraid I wouldn't have time. So, I didn't. So it's just coffee with honey and cinnamon and and almond milk. What about you? So for me, um, I had to conduct some interviews over the weekend for an org that I was a part of, and they gave me this free gift card for Starbucks, and I was definitely going to use it, and then I didn't because my car won't start. (laughs) What? I'm pretty sure, which is like, okay, this is background on me. I never forget things. I am so, so meticulous about everything. And like, Did you leave the lights on? I'm pretty sure I left the lights on, which that never happens to me. That's never happened to me before in my life. I always double, triple check when I'm walking away from my yeah. car. I always look back. I always look back. I mean, it's okay because you can, you know, just have somebody... Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have Goldie help jumpstart my car and then hopefully just that's all I need. But I couldn't go get my Starbucks this morning, so instead I'm just having I just had a K cup medium roast coffee, pretty pretty subpar, and then I just added I didn't have any creamer and I didn't even have any milk, so I added heavy whipping cream. Oh wow. That'll get your arteries functioning. Right. I didn't add that much. It was just a little bit so it wouldn't be so bitter, which is funny because I don't even mind black coffee, but it has to be good black coffee. Right. And you know yeah, it has to be what I have is not good. It's not good. Just yeah. plain. Yeah, no. I thought about car, trying to add honey, but So my car, I I think I need a new transmission. Oh no. And their transmission is worth more the co- than the car. I was going to say this means it's a new car time, doesn't it? It means it's a no car time. Oh! I'm, so I'm so it's not worth enough to trade it in. So I am just going to drive it into the ground. That's um, I have so just many Just to give you some memories context, in I've had car. the same car since I was 14. And my dad had it for a year before I did. And before he had it, it was a used car. So, it's it's been around. Yeah, and I've so lived many in memories in that beautiful car. And I've lived in four different states. So, this car's been around. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been very good to my car for it to have lasted this long. It's just yes. old, you know. It's just old, and it's done a lot of long distance for a little car so yeah yeah I even remember the one time when Jess and I went to go sneak a boy over to my house oh and we got pulled over because my headlight went over and it we were so nervous because if I remember correctly that boy that came with us we were what 15 at this point he was driving out of his mind yeah and you were also driving with like a restricted license and we were outside of the time of curfew yes and so yes. we were terrified that the officer was obviously going to notice that part of your license and that we were all like 15. And then he just was like, so I just pulled you over because of your, um, headlight. your headlight. Like, just make yeah, sure to get it fixed. Out. Did you know your headlights out? And no. So I did know my headlights out. Um, oh, Jesse. No, no, no. But it remember the, the super stone kid that we picked up noticed that it was out. 
It went out literally like within the drive to get him. And then on our way back, we got, of course, we got pulled over for something that just went out. And so when he asked, I was like, nope. No, because technically I didn't. When I started the drive, I had no idea that the headlight would go out. So it's not my fault. And I didn't get it. I mean, I just got a fix it ticket and then I fixed it and drove to the police station and handed them my little fix it ticket. Right. And to my understanding, like, you know, even if they pulled you over again that night, they wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, you haven't gotten your headlight fixed. But they definitely would have been like, probably would have noticed it would have been a reason to pull you over again is what i'm saying and then that officer might have noticed you were driving outside of curfew time so jesse was like i cannot take this kid home and i didn't have a car like i didn't have a way to get him yeah because i didn't want to get pulled over again and got and get issued another ticket since i had already been issued a ticket it would have showed up on like the police thing and And a ticket for the fact that you were driving out of curfew hours yeah that too because then i would have had my license probably taken away yeah. So I understood why Jesse had the reasoning she did, and I wasn't mad she about was, it. But She it was meant... a little mad at me at the time. She was a little mad. She was like, But I was understanding. Jessie, you drove. What do you mean you can't take him home? I can't take him home. <laughs> and I was like, So He's gonna I figure had it out. <laughs> to wake up my mother and like say, Hey, mom, I brought a boy over. And I can't get him home, so now I need you to wake up at 3 in the morning and drive him home. Thank you. And she did. She did. Uh, She did. And I think she thanked me for not driving him home. No, my mom is a freaking queen. She always told me from the get-go when I got to high school that if I ever really was in a situation that I needed her... She would not ask questions and she would help me. Or if I had a friend that needed help, like that's what she would do. So she did not yell at me. She took him home. It was fine. And then I did get in trouble after the fact. Yeah, but, after the fact, but in the moment. She but in was the a moment. champ. Yeah. And she rewarded and thanked you for being responsible as well as me for doing the right thing and waking her up. So that's yeah. why my punishment was also less severe was because I did the mature thing and woke her up to take him home. Yeah, she, I think she said, so Jesse, you're not in trouble because you didn't drive him home. But if you had drove him home, you would have been in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So we, my, yeah, my mom is a freaking queen. She handled, literally, that's how I want to raise teenagers is the way that she raised me because she just said like all the right things and all the logical things. And I was never... I never really felt rebellious to the point where I'm like, I got to do this. But like, I still had a fun time. And then the few times that I was dumb, she rescued me. And the reason she did rescue me is because it wasn't a pattern and because I kept really good grades in school and I was super involved in school. That's literally, she just didn't want me like getting myself, screwing up my future for a party, basically. I think my parents did not do it right. I think if I was a stupid High, if I had been a stupid high schooler, their life would have been hell. Mm. Yeah, because they definitely created the conditions of the rebellious, rebellious teenager. And I was a rebellious teenager, but I was also not an idiot, which is the only reason that gotcha. they didn't suffer. So <laughs> I'm just gotcha. saying. Be careful, helicopter parents. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, for real. It's not going to work out the way you think it does. It is not going to work out the um, way you think okay. it does. No. Okay, we need to get a move on. You are wasting my time. I know, and we already have a long, a lot to talk about. So, we have um, so much to talk about. Have you been? I've been have you been? good. Quick, quick, quick. I've been, I know this is actually not quick I've been capital G good. Capital G okay. good. Yeah. So, I got motivated. And I am so motivated. I started doing my French last week. Last Sunday, I started doing my French. And so, I've been doing 30 minutes a day every day since. And um, not this last Sunday, but the Sunday before. So, it's been two weeks now. French. And um, in April, I'm going to start studying for the LSAT so that I can take it January of 2022. And so that gives me basically a year to figure my shit out. I think that's long enough. Um, a lot, yeah. Yeah. And then in February of 2022, I want to start applying for law schools and hopefully start fall of 2022. Um that is so nice that you have such a long period of time, like, to apply. And I have a great excuse. I have the great excuse of the pandemic to take this long. So, like, when people are like, why'd you wait so long? It's like, well, because, like, the United States didn't have their shit together and it was dangerous to start school too early. Like, I could get sick. Or I could have a less than optimal first year of law school, which is the most important year of law school. I, uh, my sister, um, Panda, she studies French in high school and her class is going on a trip to Paris and Belgium in May of 2022. And I signed up to chaperone. Can I sign up? Yeah, yeah, let's yeah talk we about can talk about this later. later. But basically, I... It, yeah, and then um, sometime between applying for law schools and going to Paris, I want to try... My goal is to try to get at least intermediate certified in French. But what I would really like to do is get certified in full conversational fluency. Because that's like... That's, that's like... Um, something I could put on my uh, law school application and also use for jobs. Because if you're conversational fluency certified, then that's like job certified to do that like in your job. So that would be yeah, so cool if I got to speak French in my job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm done raving yeah, about that. How are you? So I'm feeling way more motivated this week and last week since finding out the big bad news that I've been alluding to for two episodes now. So I think I'm finally ready to talk about it on the podcast. So this is definitely a letdown from what Jesse was talking about. But basically, I found out about four weeks ago that I did not get into vet school this round. And obviously, that really sucks, you know, like not sugarcoating it at all. It's super disheartening, really disappointing. And I basically, you know, only told people really close to me because it's hard to admit something like that. And after, you know, doing all the things like figuring out basically why, almost every single school, well, literally every single school told me that this year the applicant pool was huge. So to kind of break it down in numbers, each school only has about 100 to 200 seats to offer. 
And on top of that, they give two thirds of their incoming class to in-state applicants. So I only have like one college that I qualify for in-state application for. So the other four that I applied to, I'm already fighting like that uphill battle too of only having one third of spots available to me as an out-of-state applicant. So we have that thing. And then on top of that, usually there are 500 to 600 applicants, which you can already imagine is a huge like margin down for like 150 seats, for example. But this year, every single school received thousands of applications, like some as many as 4,000. So narrowing down 4,000 to like 100 seats with most of them going to in-state applicants like the odds are just horrible and every single you know university I made it to the final round of considerations for all of them so I was I was in there I was in the top amount of people or whatever and every single school basically told me that on a normal year I would have been a shoo-in candidate and that this year it just frankly came down to numbers and they just had to admit the top with like internship hours, the top like GPAs and stuff. And I'm not saying I don't have high of both of those, but it was more like I basically was just below the cutoff on certain things, which sucks because if you also think about it, there are people that are applying that have had two, three-year gap years, and the only thing they've done for two years straight is like shadowing, for example. So they have like thousands of hours, whereas someone like me, who could only get hours kind of on the side because I've been a full-time student, you know, like I've got 700, 800 hours like in only one animal category, and I have more in another. But the point is, is like number-wise, I just wasn't there. So yeah really really sucks but at least it's I also got that. really weird yeah well so what happened is I found out that that has been the same trend like I talked to a couple of people that I have connections with basically and they were telling me that the same thing is happening with med schools and all other grad programs right now like because of COVID it's weird apparently it's everyone's going back to school everyone is going back to school with COVID and so the application numbers are insane this year which I, I wonder what that means because law school's numbers are way down. Like I got And general enrollment for undergrad is way down. So I wonder like is law school harder than med school and that's why they're Genuinely <laughs> I what know. I think is happening is people like are quote unquote bored or they like have an had an epiphany during the lockdown that are like this is what I want to do with my life yeah. so now they're like well time to apply to grad school even if I was in my undergrad five six years ago or you know something like that so anyways that's that interesting, is yeah. that is the sad news so it was obviously really really hard and I spent a few weeks just like barely functioning getting what I needed to do done but just not not really feeling the motivation, but the good news is, is I'm finally starting to hit my stride again. And I actually am a little bit excited for the way this is happening because my life plan right now is I'm going to spend the next like two months just boosting my vet school application as much as I can in, in several ways. I should be getting published and I've got lab work and research going on, which is really awesome. I'm going to get more shadow hours as well, um, stuff like that. And then basically... I'm going to apply again in like June and I'm hoping that in June I can start like a full-time job and work like a year and a half and get a lot of that money under my belt before I would theoretically start in fall of 
I guess that would also be the same time you started law school, fall of 2022. So yeah, that's how I've been. So sorry for the sad news, but I'm okay. I firmly believe that everything happens the way it's meant to. So even though I'm sad now, hopefully I'll see why in years down the road. Yeah, honestly, like, it's a bummer, but it sounds like it would have sucked. Like, I think so too. I follow a lot of like vets, students on Instagram and stuff because I like to see into their life. You know, obviously, I want to know what mine might look like. Yeah. And a lot of them have just been talking about how horrid it has been being like online or at least partially online and how they're yeah. not absorbing any information. They get tested on crap every week that they have no idea what's going on. It's one of those things where they're just like shoving it in their brain for the exam and then it's just over their head, which is very dangerous when you think about like a medical profession when this needs to be long-term memory. So that's that's another thing as well that even though, I don't know, by fall things might be different, especially since Joe Biden announced that all adults in America will be vaccinated by the end of May, but still... We'll see. No, 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 no. So that's not true. Or 300 uh, million Everyone Americans. will have access to a that, vaccine yes, by access. May. They yeah. will not they be vaccinated force. by May. Right. It will they take another, force. like, probably three months for everyone to get vaccinated. And that's, like, low-balling yeah. or high-balling. And it's, and it's just exciting that it, at least there's somewhat of a light at the end of the tunnel. Somewhat. It's 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 kind of there. It's It's distant. kind of there. You can almost kind of see it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on because I'm done talking about sad stuff. I'm finally like doing better, so I don't want to dwell on it. Okay. What are you listening to? I've been reading a lot, which is like not related to it, but I would highly recommend the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. I feel like I'm not supposed to say the F word on air, but like it's literally the title of the book. Yeah. It's, I feel like every book is New York Times bestseller. Anyways, it's like really, really, it's supposed to be a anti-self-help book basically and I've really enjoyed it I'm I'm almost done I've got I think like 70 pages left but I've really enjoyed it so I'm just gonna leave it at the book thing because I've actually been reading for my own enjoyment for once that's awesome um I have like three books on my bookshelf that I am halfway through I do that too it's frustrating I don't know why I did I did that over like 2020, I I started reading like a bunch and there's two really good books on my bookshelf that I just have not found time or energy to read. Because the problem is, is that if I read at night, I pass out within like five minutes. And me too. So I I get like performance anxiety about reading because I know I'm going to fall asleep (laughs) and then I won't get through it. So yeah. yeah. Anyways. And I'm um, always like, I'm like, uh, uh, cannot focus. Yes. Exactly. So I, yeah. Anyways, um, reading is awesome. You're also the third, at least the third person that has recommended that book to me. So maybe. I don't know if I would recommend it to you because you kind of already do a good job at a lot of the things they're presenting in the book, but I would just recommend it. Because I don't give a fuck. In general. Pretty much. Pretty much. And a lot of the concepts that they have, I feel like you kind of already have figured out. But it's really good for someone like me who is, you know, an emotional human. Like, I overthink a lot of things. And even though I've gotten better as I've gotten older with that kind of stuff, this book just is, it does a good job of putting things in perspective. 
cool. Okay, music. I am back in the game, people. I told you, me not being into music is a symbol of depression. And now that I am motivated, I am in it to win it, feeling music. Um, I So I'm all over the place. Uh, the other day, I was like drinking wine in the shower and listening to like modern classical. You are one but- classy bitch. I know, I try. And then and then today I was listening to like Paramore and um what's what's her name? Something Palmer and the Theft the Grand Theft Orchestra. Um Do It with a Rockstar. You've heard the song before, trust me. You've heard it. Um it's very good. And so I'm just like feeling that like edgy punk rock vibe. Yeah. My essence. Okay. Okay, do you want to introduce the topic now? Yes, please. All right, topic today. Today we're going to talk about how the heck you are supposed to balance a relationship with your dreams. So a lot of times our dreams can kind of take us to places all around the globe, which it can make us move frequently or it can make future living arrangements very uncertain. And with all this quick shifting and potential moving around, it can be difficult to plant roots, aka also make a relationship thrive, whether it's like friendship or a lover relationship, one of both too at the same time or even family relationships so anyways today we're just going to talk about making that balance work as well as examining examining some statistics about long distance i just messed up on the word relationships too because you were going then relationships so anyways just start us off Okay, here's some stats. Um, uh, mostly from longdistancerelationshipstatistics.com. It's weird that there's a website for it, that, that someone paid a domain price for, for there's that. There's actually multiple. There's That's, multiple. Yeah. That, that one's that just the me. most on the nose. So, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, 14 million couples define themselves uh, in the U.S. define themselves as having a long distance relationship. 3.75 million married couples are in a long-distance relationship. Ugh. Uh, 32.5% of all long-distance relationships are college relationships. Um, 75% of all engaged couples have been in a long-distance relationship. So I thought that was, like, for all those people that, like, have relationships and are worried about long-distance and stuff, apparently 75% of all engaged people have or not cup, not people, couples have been in a long-distance relationship. So there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. Um, 2.9% of all married couples in the States live in a long-distance relationship. Yeah. Um, 10% of all marriages in the States started out as a long-distance relationship. I know. These stats are, like, really surprising. Um, and then just, like, for stats about distance from family and just being distanced i i wanted to see what stats there were so nearly 72 percent of americans live in or close to the city where they grew up so it's definitely the rule for you to just like stay where you're at and of course like mobility is highly correlated with income Perspective. Uh, in 2016, the State Department estimated 9 million U.S. citizens uh, were living abroad, 
but the census the census doesn't collect that information so it's a very rough estimate coming from the state department but it's nine ish million um so uh, more than 38 percent of u.s citizens living abroad actually just live bordering the united states uh 10 in canada and 28 percent in mexico um and let's see if I have any more. Nope, that's it. That's all I could find. I wanted to see, like, what kinds of relationships were long distance. Like, in the pool of people that were long distance, like, what were those relationships? And all I could find was about college. I know that the, another proportion of that is military. But I oh, yeah, couldn't find, sense. like, the proportion of that. So That makes sense about the married thing because I was like, who the hell when they're married has a long distance relationship? Yeah, definitely a proportion of that is military. So I'm not sure what the percentage of that is, but yeah. Okay, so what comes to mind with this topic, Kat? Well, personally, this is kind of a hot button issue for me because it's something I've been literally stressing about for three years now. (laughs) Um, As much as I'm super invested in, totally happy, very content, and so in love with Goldie, having a relationship, I have learned, definitely hinders or at least like in some way limits your future plans. Because the fact is, is before I dated him, I never stressed about where the hell in the world I would go to vet school other than just wanting to be somewhat close to my mom, aka just go somewhere in the US and like not go to a European school. And that was it. And, you know, I also knew that since we made quote unquote long distance work in my undergrad, like it would be fine if I only saw her at holidays, even though that would suck. But we've gotten so good about like mailing each other things and talking on the phone and FaceTiming regularly that I could make that work for four years easily. But then now I have, and I'm not saying like I have reservations now, but it's like I have this life with Goldie and our two dogs and I'm really not okay with doing four years of long distance in vet school away from them. I don't want to live my life that way. And frankly, and I used to be like, oh, you know, we'll just make it work wherever I get in. And, you know, he kind of also had the mindset of like, there's not a strong possibility that he's going to find work in the same place that I'm going to find, you know, where I'm going to go to vet school. And that was kind of our perspective for a while. And then the longer we got into our relationship and the more we were like, yeah, we're like pretty into the idea of being with each other and not doing four years long distance. I'm now pretty damn determined for him to find a job and me to find a school. Even within the same general area, both of us have said, like, we would be willing to do a commute. So even if we technically had responsibilities, like, two hours apart or whatever, we would both be willing to buy a place in the middle kind of thing. Um, Or he even said that he would be more willing for me to be closer to campus, and then he just has a longer commute every day than I do. Um, So that's kind of, like where I'm at. I just, I've known a lot of people that have gone to like med school, for example, that they have had to do long distance and how much of a strain that puts and just how hard that is for their mental health because they miss that person so much. And that's hard to not have, because when you think about it too, like a huge thing that I love about my relationship is as a stress reliever. When I've had a bad day or when I am stressed to the max, being able to fall back on Goldie really is nice. And it and it 
is an instant mood booster. And the idea of not even having that support system either during arguably one of the hardest times of my life is not appealing. So anyways, the idea of long distance basically sucks to me and I really like don't want that to happen. And it sucks because both of us know that one way or another, like I've got to go to vet school and I'm not sacrificing that and he's got to get a high paying job for the life that we want so he can't sacrifice that either. And we're just kind of at this point praying that the universe aligns and we can both get what we want so we don't have to do the long distance. And honestly, this topic gives me anxiety. So (laughs) just like (laughs) even thinking about it. Yeah, by how fast we're talking, this is definitely a high anxiety episode uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, So sorry to our listeners if you can like feel our anxiety radiating off of this conversation. (laughs) We'll try to make this calmer so you're not also panicking. Jess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what comes to mind for me is like this is the rule in my life. Like I I've been planning on moving forever like being as far away as possible forever. Since I can remember thinking about my future, it was always somewhere far, far, far away. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I mean, most of my life, I never thought about having a partner. Marriage was never in the deal. Kids certainly was never in the deal. Like, and I still feel that way. Even leaving, like, Like, let's put Badger aside. Let's just, like, put that aside, negate that question. I still have a little sister, and I still have an older brother. They have, like, my brother's already married. Like, he might is probably going to have kids or adopt kids or something with kids. And my sister's probably going to have a gazillion kids. And, like, my parents are older. And, like, they're very lovey-dovey people. And they're used to having their kids around. And my sister's still at home because she's in high school. And my brother's, like, 10 minutes away. And, like, the farthest he's ever lived with them from them was, like, 30 minutes. So... For me, it's more of just, like, the stress of disappointing uh, and, like, causing people pain. But also, it's not like I didn't warn them. Like, I've always been very clear with my friends, with my family, with people I've gone out with. It's me and my mission. Like, that's it. At the end of the day, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and try to make people as happy as I can, but likely I'm not going to be enough. So people are going to have to compensate with somebody else. What is your plan with Goldie? Assuming that he's it. First off, as I said, I really do love him. And I definitely right now see that as endgame. I would not still be with him for three years if I didn't actually legitimately see a future And I know exactly where his head's at. I know where my head is at. And we're aligned very, very well. And we want very similar things out of life. So it's good that all of that is tracking. And it's funny because, and I've never really like talked about this, but as much as I'm all lovey-dovey and I love love and all that that I have been portraying myself as on this podcast, which is true, that is who I am. I'm 100% a hopeless romantic. I am simultaneously a very highly practical person, especially when it comes to relationships. I am a crazy realist and it's a super weird, like, uh, is the word dichotomy the right word here? Because I'm like, 
so lovey-dovey, but also I am insanely realistic. So I have a lot of, I have a plethora of relationship phobias, commitment issues, and all of that is thanks to some shit I went through earlier in my life. And so I am never going to be too sure about anything until I'm straight up literally married. And even then, I am going to just like always know. Have that, have that prenup written up. And it, and it has <laughs> nothing to do with like my ability to not believe that my marriage could work or like not believe it won't work. It's more just like the divorce rate is so high and also like there is such a thing as people changing and growing out of each other and again I'm not it, god it sounds horrible like I'm not going into my relationship anticipating that we're going to split up by any means I'm just saying that I am never too sure about anything also just because I've been through like a lot of death I know that nothing is guaranteed in life so not even a relationship I just know that things are constantly changing and that I have to adapt to that so that is kind of like my mindset going through life so right now my plan is to go to vet school get married shortly after graduating although you know obviously that's kind of dependent on if Goldie and I stay together because I don't want to be dating someone for like a year and then get married so like Right now, I would be on track. Yeah, I would be on track right now to be comfortable with marriage after vet school because we would have been together for like seven years at that point. I'm not saying I need like seven years. I'm just saying like I'm not gonna rush. (laughs) I'm not gonna rush through like a relationship and an engagement for the marriage. So, anyways, right now at least our plan. Except he definitely wants to get married while I'm in vet school. So then my degree has his name on it. No. I don't know about that one. I still think no. I want to practice with my maiden name. Like I literally you think practice I still want to be. I think yeah. I still want to do that. I've. Oh man, it's so funny to see him get all like heard about the idea of me not having his last name in practice. But I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, so get married kind of shortly after graduating, and then literally start my life ASAP. I have waited long enough at this point to even get my vet degree which is another heartbreaking thing about getting rejected this year because now I have to wait another year to quote-unquote start my life. Anyways, once I graduate, get married, I hope to have a few years like working in practice and in in my marriage, just enjoying married life until having kids. Um, So probably kids about like 30, 31 kind of. Um, And that used to be, kids in general used to really be at the forefront of my brain. But honestly, after going through like my undergrad and getting so much more career oriented now I am way more career driven I am really not as focused on kids as I was honestly the idea of kids right now really kind of terrifies me um don't feel like I could be responsible for another life whatsoever like I have enough with the dogs and I already feel bad enough if like they don't get a walk every day I'm like oh I'm a horrible mother so anyways um I I know that I still want them. Like, I know that is something that I have always wanted and will always want. But I just don't see that want coming to me until I'm, like, in my 30s. That's one of the things that really sucks about, like, the woman timeline is I hate how there's this limited window of opportunity. Because I'm not saying I wouldn't be open to adopting, you know, like that is a thing, but I also would like to really experience like pregnancy once I want to experience that. So anyways, 
I used to want like five kids. And also it's funny because Goldie did too. Like when we first met, we were both like, yes, five children. And then we started like really thinking about it and like the cost and how we're overwhelmed with two dogs. And we're like, uh, okay, that might not be the most great idea. So anyways, I also think about it like if I am going to wait till I'm 30 or 31 and I want five, I'm going to have to pop them out one right after another. And then I would just be on a continual loop of pregnancy and postpartum for like six years, which frankly, that sounds like a perfect description of a hellish nightmare. So there's that too. So anyways, I'm really career driven right now. I want to own my own practice. I want to make advances in surgical techniques. I want to do a lot as a veterinarian. And 100%, once I have kids, sure, I can be a stay-at-home mom for a couple of years. But as soon as they get into kindergarten, I'm going back to work. So there's that. And it works out perfectly, too, because Goldie's like, I would love to be a stay-at-home dad, so I will be the breadwinner of the family. There, yeah. I think that's cute. Yeah, I think it would work well. I can totally see him as, like, a soccer dad. A bunch of... Yeah. Yeah, if I trusted someone enough, I I think the stay-at-home dad thing is cute. But, um, I don't trust anyone with kids, so, yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. So that's that's me and that's our plan and he is fully in support of my career like fully in support of everything. He knows that this is what I got to do and he is ready to make the necessary sacrifices to make that happen. I mean without getting into too much personal detail like we have just had several very real conversations about what our future would look like, how we would make things work, that school finances and We're definitely on the same page, which that's another reason why the realist side of me is optimistic about our relationship being able to keep going. So I've talked long enough. Jesse, what about you? What's your ideal situation? I hate talking about this. So in my, I I, so bringing Badger back into the equation, um, in my ideal world, I'm right. And Badger's okay with me being right. I can go to law school and start work, move to Europe or wherever, and live my life, and take my vacation time or layovers to see Badger. That's my ideal. And he adjusts very well to being alone. Like, this pandemic for him has been like a vacation. I'm busy, and I like to be busy. And honestly, me not being busy, I still feel like I struggle to spend enough time with Badger. Yeah. And honestly, since we've known each other, one of us has had one foot out the door. So when I met him, he was finishing up grad school and then got a job and moved to Colorado. And then I moved to Colorado. And then he got a job in Indiana and he moved to Indiana. And then I moved to Indiana. And now it's my turn. So like... Mm -hmm. And in those time periods, like, not with Indiana, but, like, with Colorado, like, he had another relationship in that time. And, like, that was fine with me. And, you know, and it wasn't, like, a small relationship. Like, he thought that that was going to be it for him. And it wasn't. And so, like, I'm not a jealous person. I care about him. So, like, I don't want him to be stuck. And I don't really care whether it's me or somebody else, you know? And for me, like, I've 
kind of made it clear to him, like, since I met him, that, like, I think he's pretty much it for me. But he doesn't like to plan. So. <laughs> um, and then with family, uh, I mean, it's the same as it's always been. Like, they'll get over it. You know, my vocation, I guess I would say, like, I have a plan. And I think that it affects, hopefully, it will affect generations of people way after I'm gone. So I don't really care about the I mean to me like missing people is like a is like a asinine thought like who cares you know if I can visit I will visit well it's funny because that from that whole thing like I already knew all of that except for the part that you're thinking about working in Europe which is so funny because maybe after all of this time we actually will end up in the same place together because Goldie went to an international school. His dad got transferred. So he spent all of his middle and high school years at an international school in uh, Belgium. And he loved it. And he loved his experience and the way that his family got to travel. And he 100% wants that experience for his kids. And I'm not saying that I necessarily like want to live in Europe for a decent chunk of time. But also that might be really cool. And the older I get, the more open I am to that possibility because to my understanding with my vet degree, all I would have to do is then take the board exam to practice in Europe and then my license can transfer. So anyways, we might actually end up in the same place after all, which would be super cool. But to continue on like what you were saying, do you actually think that your ideal situation will work? That's a tough question here. I don't have a problem with my plan. I think I think Badger will have a problem with my plan because he's not a dreamer and he's not an idealist and he's and he is a conformist. I said it. He will be so mad, but I said it. He's a conformist. He is extremely self-conscious about social norms and about traditions, even though he is like this genius punk socialist dope person who like parades around with these like radical ideas and like philosophy and theory and stuff he still is like self-conscious about being a short man in a society that tells you that like tall men are the ideal and it's like dude you have no problem getting women like what are you talking about so, so yeah. if that, like, gives you an idea, like, there are still things that he's self-conscious about. And I think that if I really sat down with him and asked him to try this with me, I think the first thing that goes into his head will be that that's not what people do. You know, like, people mm-hmm. either do long distance temporarily and then they come back together or they live together or they live near each other or... They, you know, have a schedule or something and they're partners and stuff. But like, why can't we just be what we've always been? Where it's like we kind of do our own thing and we hope to meet in the middle sometime. You know, like that's worked pretty well for us. Like in the past, like we've no, we've managed to stay in contact basically daily for the last four years, whether or not we've been in a serious relationship. What? I, I'm going to call you out a little bit here. Okay. Um, I'm going to call you out a little bit here because I specifically remember, can I talk about New York? 
Yeah. Can I expose you a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just needed permission to do that. All right. Jesse and I went to New York City for her graduation present. Her parents paid for her and a friend to go. And she picked me, even though I know I was second string to Badger. I know that if that was the choice, she would have picked him, which no hard feelings. I'm, I'm flattered to be second string there. We went to New York City. And when we went to New York, the way it worked out is right before we went to New York, I had just seen, seen Goldie for a while. And that was like during the summer we were spending like long distance because he was working an internship and I was working from home like with my mom living it with my mom and so I had just seen him and Jesse had coincidentally also just seen Badger for a trip and this was when Jesse and Badger weren't like necessarily in a long distance relationship but they had lived you know far states apart and were like still talking and keeping in touch and visiting each other when possible And when Jesse got to the New York trip, she was like, I really made a mistake. I should have gone to New York City first and then Badger second because she basically spent a good portion of the week being like a little bit melancholy about the fact that Badger wasn't with her. Because as anyone knows, when you get off that high from seeing someone that you really like love and care about after a period of not seeing them, you kind of crash. And I'm the first to admit that. Hell, it even happens with my mom, like when I see my mom and then leave my mom again. So she was going through that and she was kind of expressing how there's a chance that she might try to move or get a job to like where he is. And so I'm just going to expose you a little bit that frankly, based upon the time you did spend apart and the way you talked about like missing that and missing just even like being able to see him in person even if it wasn't in like a relationship way just having that interaction with him in person that you really like wanted that in your future so I might just call little little smidge a bullshit on you when you say that you would be completely fine with not seeing him for the majority of the year When I say fine, I mean like my version of fine where I'm like too busy to take attention to my feelings. Yeah, I don't know about that either. I don't know about that either. I don't know. Okay. You've gotten more emotional. We'll we'll just let it sit and wonder in the hypothetical. Mm -hmm. You have become a more um, emotional human as you have gotten older in my personal experience. I resent that notion. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so yeah, basically my plan is to ditch him and to do my own thing and hope that I'm me? like hot enough for him to like want to hang out with me when I come around. <laughs> nice. Which I will be. Does long distance or just general ambitious preoccupation impact your other relationships or lifestyle? Absolutely, and it sucks. Kind of like I said before, I feel perpetually anxious because I'm not only worrying about my future, I'm worried about someone else's future, and frankly, it sucks. So I love love. Like I said, I wouldn't want anything over my relationship, but at the same time, it's a really hard balance to make because I feel like I would be way more free in my life if I didn't have Goldie or like even my mom when I, and that sounds like horrible to say that, but literally I would have no ties anywhere and I could just like flit around the globe for all I care. I don't know. And I also think at the same time, though, I'd be way more sad, way more lonely, and I don't know if my mental health would be that great. So it's like either my motivation would be 
shot because of my mental health declines, like I don't want to do anything. And if I don't have a support system, I don't I don't really give a shit about anything because I'm not like working to with someone, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like, is it worth not having that relationship or like not having a close relationship with my mom or my friends? So one way or another, it's like I'm not really ending up happy if I'm only picking one. So it frankly has to balance and has to work out because otherwise like I'm probably going to be just really miserable if I have to choose one. But it is good because Goldie supports me completely. Like I've already said that, you know, he says long distance will work out if need be. And I just don't want to do it that way. I don't. So sometimes I also wonder if my intense desire of wanting things to work out with me and Goldie is literally like why I didn't get into vet school this year, if that's the grand master plan. Because the thing is, is that Goldie doesn't have a job yet. And because he doesn't have a job yet, he doesn't know where the hell he's going to be in the United States. And the job market is really bad for his major right now. So pretty much whatever job offer he's going to get, he's got to go. And so maybe this is why it happened, because that way he finds a job and he lands somewhere. And then, you know, in this next gap year, like I can find a job in the same area. We can like live together, whatever. And then I will know physically where he's going to be by the time I'm applying and choosing a vet school. Slash, if I get into a vet school that isn't with him, he will have had at least a year and a half of work and money under his belt that he could make the leap to finding a job where I'm going to go to vet school. So maybe that's how it was supposed to work out. That's optimistic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. I so don't what know. About, what about you, Jess? What about you? In a pre- I, I kind of already answered this question, but yeah, like, I am nothing if not ambitious. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, it affects every aspect of my life, like forever, since forever and for forever. Um, I've been emotionally and physically distant from loved ones and also just general life, like living because my ambition, you know, makes me preoccupied with work and with school and with studying and planning. And um, and I've always had like that get out mindset of like something better. Um, like, you know, in the best situations I've ever been in, I still want to do something else and I still want to go somewhere else. And it's not right. necessarily dissatisfaction. It's just drive. So, yeah, I mean, like middle school was too slow. I took summer classes every summer of high school and would have graduated early if my parents would have let me like and I did graduate a year early from college uh, because it wasn't fast enough. And I've moved to three different states in my adult life. So I see my family maybe two to four times a year. I see my friends probably less than that. Uh, I struggle to make friends and to keep them. Um, Badger and I struggle to spend enough time together until like just this last year during a pandemic where we couldn't go anywhere else. (laughs) And so I'm kind of a mess. It's kind of a mess. I'm sad about it sometimes, I guess, uh, but I don't regret it. Like I don't think I'd do it any other way. Um, My ambition comes first. Okay, let's so, go to Bess, advice. Um, I've any got nothing. advice? <laughs> I do not know. I'm at a loss. What do you got? Well, frankly, I I've said frankly a lot this episode, but I feel like <laughs> you I'm look still... nervously at your fingernails. Yes, 
I think that I am still figuring my shit out. So I don't know if I have the best advice either. I think the best thing that I can do is figuring out exactly what I want in life, like exactly what I want in a relationship, whether it's both what I can and can't live without, and then trying to plan as much as you can for it. And if you want it bad enough, I firmly believe that it'll work out because it does and it has to if that is truly what you want. And sometimes someone has to make a compromise or a sacrifice, but I honestly do view a lot of relationships as a series of compromises. So if you're meant to be and they care enough and you care enough, then I think it can work out. And again, it literally has to because I have been through so much sadness and depression and trauma in my life that I refuse to believe it's going to just continue and that I will just always be fighting an uphill battle for my entire life. I have to believe that what you think you are. So I'm going to put on a happy face and continue to believe that I will attain these goals, be able to balance a career and a family and just be absolutely gloriously happy. So therefore I am. Mic drop. Wow inspirational there's there's Um, my advice i i do like the have to mindset that's one thing yeah no that's good advice i i like the have to mindset um badger gets really frustrated with me because of my have to mindset but i think that's why we get along is because we we meaning kat and i because we have that have to mindset like it'll work out because it has to and like we'll make it work because it has to like i'll make this ridiculous life plan because it has to work and i'll actually make it work because it has to i don't know if it's like a manifest culture i think that's a silly way to put it but basically like you don't give yourself any other option so you just compromise and or or not even compromise but like you force yourself to perform better than other people because you have to you, to make you it work. Literally have to. That's that's it. That's the that's the answer. That's the advice. Is that's you the have answer. To, so. It'll work out it, because you have it has to. to, and because it has to be okay eventually. Definitely. Well, even we're, though this topic really was a ending little on a high anxiety note. inducing, I enjoyed it. We really are because everyone, we're all going to be happy. Damn it! <laughs> if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for joining us on Coffee Talk this week. I hope you enjoyed the topic. We definitely got real today, and y'all learned a lot about us and our partners. So hopefully, they're not upset about all that we just spoke about. To so, well, you know what? You guys are our friends. Badger so doesn't listen doesn't to really the matter. podcast, so no worries on my oh end. Oh my god. You guys are our friends. Yeah, so I get away with saying so much on this podcast because I know he doesn't listen. That's nice. That's nice. I like that. See you guys in a couple weeks. Bye. Thank you for hanging out with Coffee Talk. Cover art is by our very own Jesse and Cat. Theme music is by Spencer Thutt. Background music is produced under Creative Commons. Coffee Talk is an independent podcast supported by two struggling 20-somethings, so we shamelessly beg our listeners to support the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon or donating through our website, coffeetalkpod.com. Talk to you soon! Bye.